tell us a little bit about the growth because I think it's one of those things where, you know, for the people that have heard of it, they know that it went from literally nothing and sort of just, you know, it didn't exist to like one of the hottest apps out there with tons of buzz. Tell us about like some of the numbers, like how big and how fast did it go? Um, we are almost, we're seven weeks in and we're already at uh, 700,000 uh, active users. Right at the cusp of something huge. We are at a crossroads and the future is completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. You're listening to The Growth Show with Mike Volpe. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of The Growth Show. I'm Mike Volpe, the CMO at HubSpot, and I'm joined today by Ben Rubin, the co-founder and CEO of Life On Air. And if you haven't heard of them, they're the guys behind Meerkat. So Ben, thanks a ton for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you uh, on the show. For the, the two or three people in the audience that maybe don't know, can you tell us, you know, what is Meerkat? Um, so Meerkat started as a... As a, and it's still in its very early beginning uh, as a live streaming button for Twitter. So basically, you press one button and then instantly uh, a live video from your phone is being pushed to your Twitter followers on your Twitter feed and they're able to tune in uh, in real time and interact and um, comment and uh, uh, even distribute the, the, the stream to their followers. Awesome. So that's what it is. We're actually streaming this live on Meerkat right now. Uh, and tell us a little bit about the growth, because I think it's one of those things where, you know, for the people that have heard of it, they know that it went from literally nothing and sort of just, you know, it didn't exist to like one of the hottest apps out there with tons of buzz. Tell us about like some of the numbers, like how big and how fast did it go? Um, we are almost, we're seven weeks in and we're already at uh, 700,000 uh, active users. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, um, it's also, it's, it, sounds, uh, it sounds a lot, but we actually would love to activate faster, uh, which is something that we had a hard time to do since uh, Twitter took the, uh, cut us off from the Twitter graph. Uh, so now we are like, very soon, uh, I guess, I guess next week uh, we're going to have a version when people can connect their address book and invite people through that, and that's uh, that will bring back the graph density uh, that we had in the beginning. Great. So just so folks sort of understand what we're talking about here, so the the initial version of your app, you could basically connect to Twitter, and then your Twitter network that was also a user of Meerkat, you could invite them as well to your Meerkat network, essentially, right, and be able to invite folks sort of leveraging your Twitter network, but then Twitter made a decision to cut you guys off from that. So basically it's sort of one of the techniques you were using in the very you know, first couple of weeks of, of launching to grow was sort of no longer available to you. And what you're saying now is you're trying to figure out another way to sort of replace that with you know, other ways to pull in people's networks, I assume, from the, the contact address book on people's phones or something like that? Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the fastest way to activate a broadcaster is giving him watchers, watchers that he knows, uh, he or she knows. Um, the moment you cannot migrate uh, the people that they know into the app right away, the magic kind of 
it's less magical. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're working on. Got it. Makes a ton of sense. Perfect. And so what, tell us about where did the idea for Meerkat come up and like how, I mean, it's like you said, it's only been seven weeks. I mean, is this something where, you know, it was kind of like somebody had an idea in the hallway and you're sort of like, oh, well, you know, we have all this core technology around live streaming. It wouldn't be that hard to just build something. Or was this kind of a longer project? Did you guys expect it to be this successful so fast? Or, you know, is this the fifth thing you've tried or the first thing you've tried? Tell us more about that sort of discovery process to get to that point. Yeah, so we we basically um, we're basically uh, 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 we started as Yevo, um, which which uh, launched August two thousand thirteen. Uh, we started working on it in late two thousand twelve, um, and we work on a product. It was a live streaming product that was uh, probably too complicated, I think, um, and. Um, after a year, uh, what we figured that uh, the community was not there was no heartbeat. Like we grown, we don't believe in buying downloads or buying ads, and we grown organically to four hundred thousand users. Um, and what happened is that um, we felt that there is no like the vision was so intense, but it's not what we saw. It's not what we saw. Uh, as 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 founders, when we look at the at what we believe in and what's actually happening, it, there was nothing good in that. Like it was just people using live video. It just it's kind of whatever. Uh, and what we did, we we, got, we went back to the investors and we said, Hey, look, guys, we are in the middle of the way, but we want to close this product uh, that you invested in, and want to use the rest of the money to kind of uh, take everything that we learned from four hundred thousand users. And try to um, come up with all the use cases that we saw, and all the things that we'll learn about how to activate watchers, broadcasters, and etc. And then build a very simple, one single value product that everybody can understand, that uh, uh, people people can explain to their to their friends with one sentence what they do, and they can conceive what they do in in in, in a minute. So. Um, for example, live streaming button for your address book, live streaming button for Twitter, um, Reddit of live video, uh, Yikyak of live video, like something very, very uh, simple. Uh, so we started, um, uh, and we had Air, which was the, the first version, like it was a better version that was in the works to um, live streaming button for your I just spoke, and the, most of the team was focused on that. Um, and uh, uh, just the CTO was working on the next experiment, which was uh, a live streaming button for Twitter. And funny enough, it was the first thing that we, it was the first thing of the series of six experiments uh, that we wanted to do that was uh, released. Uh, so that was Meerkat, yeah. And I heard, so I heard it grew so fast, like you launched it and then it just started to grow real fast right away that you then over the course of just a couple of days shifted the entire company to focus on Meerkat. Is, is that true? Or t tell us more about that. Yeah, because what we see after after five days, we've seen, uh, so because we had the experience experience to know what's a good usage and what's bad because of Yevo, uh, it was an easy decision to, once you see the user pattern, it's not because of the growth, it's how people use it. Mm. Like, 
we saw how people use it, and that's what made the decision to shift the focus on that. Tell us, yeah, tell us more about that how part. So, what what are the lessons that uh, you know somebody who's running another company or head of another product should think about in terms of what are the characteristics they should look for in terms of that usage among their customers? So people people were opening the app. Uh, opening the app with every two hours, um, either to stream or to watch. Uh, that was kind of the uh, kind of forty percent of the of the people uh, were opening the app within every two hours. Wow. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, and uh, we had ninety uh, percent. Well, eighty eighty five to ninety percent retention on 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 the seventh day. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so not so, only yeah. So it's huge retention, and it's like they're free, very frequent usage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically. That's and and basically. yeah, and what? So live streaming is not a new thing, right? No. There have been apps. I mean, I remember an app called uh, Quick Q I K years ago that was like sort of a you know it was a live streaming app for mobile. Uh, what what what's special about what you guys did? Um, I think the fact that it's it was very simple. Mm. You don't need to do a lot. You you just click one pro, uh, one button, and 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 the magic happens. I think that's what uh, what was very important. Um, yeah. Interesting. And, and so ba- basically, your point about you know the live streaming button for Twitter, live streaming button for you know your contacts, live stream, whatever, like breaking it down to make it that simple. So it's yeah, that's interesting. I think a lot of people have a. I mean, you guys started with a much heavier, much more robust sort of product, right? Yeah. And you felt like the the usage wasn't as engaging as what you were looking for. That's very interesting. And so by stripping it down, you ended up having a lot more success. That's very, very interesting. What? Uh, so a couple of the things about sort of the, what were the things that really led? So obviously you built an app, right? There's some virality built into the app and it obviously is something that's extremely engaging. But what were any other techniques that you feel like, or little things that happened that you felt like worked? Were there any... Was it, you know, were there any press or influencers that ended up using it? I think you also launched, you know, kind of around the same time as South by Southwest. Like, did any of those things really help? What were sort of the, the size of the effects of some of those things at all? So we didn't think about South by Southwest at all. Mm-hmm. Like four days before South by, we decided to go. Yeah. Um, what we did is we say, all right, this is a side project. By luck, the, the CTO, like... Well, when we started working on Meerkat, uh, we started getting like those emails from automated emails from Twitter saying like, because uh, in Meerkat every time you every stream is a Twitter thread, so all the comments and reply, all the comments are Twitter replies, all the likes are favorites, uh, all the restreams are retweets. Hmm. So we started getting those emails from automated emails from Twitter saying, "Hey, Ben Rubin." Uh, uh, favorite your stream, you know, and, <laughs> and like Twitter was kind of helping by their re-engagement automated system right. uh, to kind of, uh, kind of, you know, serve the, uh, you know, carry out the, the, carry out the. Yeah, their their mechanisms for re-engaging and driving engagement among their users were also driving re-engagement because you were sort of piggybacking off of what exactly. they their platform. Yeah, that's interesting. Exactly. And we started looking at like, oh, if you are tweeting hashtag and I'm tweeting the same hashtag, 
the third person that follows me and you will get a push by Twitter saying, uh, you know, um, Ben and Neve are talking about hashtag Meerkat. Just because you and I tweeted yeah. on hashtag Meerkat. Yeah. Um, or if you follow Meerkat and somebody else follow Meerkat, the third person that follow both of you will get, oh, uh, Ben and uh, Ryan follow app Meerkat. Right. So, <laughs> you know, we, we, we started to understand that it might be explosive, but we don't know yet. Like, we start to feel like, oh, this is either going to piss people off or people are going to understand, like, what's, like, we'll, we'll get it. Um, so there were a little decisions like auto follow when you when you when you sign in, like uh, add hashtag to Meerkat, uh, like making likes equal favorite, reply equal like comment equal reply, yeah. all those stuff uh, that, that kind of uh, contributed the virality. In, in some ways, that decision to make it the live streaming button for Twitter made the, all those decisions easy because you're saying, well, you know, whatever a like is within here, it should be a favorite, you know, et cetera, right? So that's, in, that's interesting because all the language sort of translates. It kind of reminds me of the really early days of Facebook where every single Facebook post went into everyone's newsfeed. You know, they didn't have the algorithm that cranks everything down by 80, 90% now, right? And you had all these, you know, a lot of more games or other apps within Facebook that were leveraging your friend network in Facebook to send invites, fine. But yeah. they were also doing all the posts and all the newsfeed and things like that. And then people and they, they, they people that were piggybacking off of Facebook, basically. And then Facebook has ended up having to crank that down so much just because the volume of posting and the, the quality yeah. of the engagement was really suffering. But it's funny because on Twitter, I feel like the the way all those notifications work, it's kind of different. Like it hasn't become it hasn't become overcrowded the way Facebook did. You know, it's, it's kind of a different network. So that's interesting. Yeah, because I think what they... I think what happened in Twitter is that the cost of unfollowing is zero. Right. So the graph balances itself, except not. You don't need the system to interfere with the content. Right. Yeah. Right. The whereas, the, whereas the cost of you know unfollowing or unfriending on Facebook might be somebody's mad at you in real life, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's why you end up with thirteen hundred people that you don't care about, right? right exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you don't care, but you you know. No, you don't care. I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're so mostly right. In, yeah. in, in Twitter, if you unfollow me now, I say, oh, you know. Well, you might not even. I mean, you might not even know. First of all, right? Because it's because it's a, a one-way yeah. network, and there's some tools to figure that out. But you might not know, um, yeah. and you and you probably don't care as much anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because in the early early days of Twitter, it was sort of this social thing. If you followed someone, you're sort of supposed to follow them back. But I feel like that's uh, that's no longer true, which is the right way to use Twitter. It should it should be asynchronous. I think that's right, and that's kind of why it's different than a lot of the others. That's interesting. Any other? So tell us about sort of the team at that time. So you you, you kind of mentioned refocusing uh, within a few days. You refocused the whole team on this you know new experiment that launched and seemed like it was being very successful. You know, how, organizationally, how many how many people were we talking about? What did you know people think and feel about that? How did they feel about sort of throwing a lot of their existing stuff just to the side for a little while to focus on this new thing? Tell us about any sort of challenges with that. Um. Well, well, challenges in in in, in, in ch challenges in general were well. The first challenge was like, how do you how do you go through South by and not like crash? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny. I feel like maybe uh, five to ten years ago, it used to be sort of a badge of honor to have you know South by or TechCrunch or somebody crash your site or your app, right? Now it's uh, everyone just expect better. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think they should because the the uh, you can you can do awesome stuff with 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 you know uh, the tools yeah. that the Amazon offers. That's right. There's no there. there's no excuse. You very easily get more capacity if you build things correctly. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, so how do you pass uh, uh, South by with that crash? And then uh, you know the next challenge was obviously in the um, the the how do you deal with you know the media tries always to either sell the way the media sells news is is by dramatizing stuff so um <laughs> which is okay but how do you deal with the fact that everybody wants to say that either either meerkat or periscope wins like there's no middle ground so they will do anything to uh have a have a headline in this direction or in that direction um, so how do you deal with that once once Periscope is is, is out? Um, and I think that now, kind of as the dust little settles a little bit, it's it's about where the uh, it's about where where a product is 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 different as a community, as 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 a vision of the company. And does it really brings value to a meaningful value to the community? And I think that. That that where we are at, the challenge is is mostly how do we keep activating good broadcasters? Like, and and I say good broadcaster is not that we judge, we don't judge what is a good content. We only judge what is a good intent. So if in your broadcast you're talking to the audience and you're letting them participate in your stream, um, uh, that's 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 what we try to do. So we we always. You know, we all, we never look at ourselves as a live video company, but but as a as a participatory company, as a company where the audience is not consuming content, but rather participating content. So, how do we keep that? The challenge is how do you keep that kind of an obvious uh, obvious part of the of the product, an obvious part of the community, and how do you make sure that um, we as an open platform um, serve uh, as a participatory company, how do we let other coders to participate in the platform by offering uh, 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 an API, an official API, and letting? There is currently more than thirty-seven different teams that are developing different products uh, for Meerkat. Um, yeah, so so I think that this is kind of kind of the challenge now, making sure that you know we have our own bucket and our own category. Uh, to be at, and I think it's uh, it's still all in the medium of one too many synchronous, uh, which is a very exciting exciting medium that that f- until now only Twitch uh, have have done something big and meaningful in, mm-hmm. and I think there is a lot of smart teams that are going to do cool stuff in that, uh, especially because now everybody can walk around with internet connected camera and internet connected screen in their pocket. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically that. So just for our listeners, you mentioned Periscope, which is a basically a, a similar technology that Twitter actually acquired, I think, back in January. But your point is that it's it's not necessarily about any one platform winning. It's about what you feel like you need to do is create a essentially a community that is you know using the app in what you believe is the right way and using it to create very engaging all these sort of smaller engaging audiences about the content that they're creating. Does that Basically, mean I think a lot of people sort of knock on live streaming as, 
you know, it's sort of the same knock they had on Twitter in the early days, which is, you know, I don't care if you tweet that you just ate a burrito. I don't care if, you know, my our producer, Dave Gerhardt, is streaming a video of him eating a burrito, right? You've, you obviously feel like this is bigger than that, right? Talk to us about some of the some of the types of content that you think sort of elevate this platform to where you feel like it is and where you feel like it should be. So I think education and 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 education like you see like instructables doing uh, live streams and mm-hmm. uh, photo- photographers uh, doing like explain you how to use your DSLR better and the, what's interesting about the education part is that people can actually when you don't just watch a VOD when you watch it in real time you can actually you know participate in that questions and um, and I think that's that's interesting the way it shifted the content to something that is tailor suited to the audience because the audience can ask questions and then they changes the content. Um, so uh, I think that education and politics and news are most like they they we can create the most meaningful impact out of them. Um, and then the second will be entertainment um, because the nature of entertainment is a little bit skewed toward voyeurism which is okay <laughs> but i do but i do think that that when a politician starts when a, po- a politician press a button and he's a candidate for for you know uh 2016 com- uh, uh uh campaign and 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 he press a button and 30,000 people tune in and they get an opportunity to ask questions in their like directly and you know, he might answer one out of five, he might answer one out of ten, but at least you, for those people that ask the question in that stream, uh, they got an answer to something that they couldn't do before. Um, they also get to judge, um, they judge the person that they're going to vote for in a very unfiltered, raw uh, presentation of, of him. Right, right. It's not one of these highly produced. It's not the Hillary Clinton I'm running for office video, which is like one of the most highly produced things ever. Right? It's just like this is like them real. Right? It's it's the it's real. It's authentic. And I think I think that authenticity is is something that is left unexplored because of the way that social network had to slowly step by step get us out of our comfort zone of what is the car I'm driving, what is the clothes I'm having, where did I go to school, how, you know, uh, who am I dating, all of those profiles, social profiles that we had, uh, the social network had to get us out of this comfort zone and say, hey, uh, now do it virtually. And, uh, and now when I'm starting to do it virtually, it's like, all right, so what is the right photo for me, for my profile? What is the right bio? What is the right, what is the right post? Um, who I'm friends with, who is following me, who's going to like, and then slowly it's, it's, we're getting more and more comfortable into virtual space until the point that Snapchat comes, come and says, uh, look, you can be informal. Uh, or non-formal on, on, on the virtual world. Yeah, it's that and authenticity. That's, that's, I think it's, yeah, that authenticity point I think is really interesting because you're right. It, it, you would expect 
before they existed, you say, well, we're going to create these social networks. People are going to share photos and all these things. You'd be like, oh, that's going to give you a real idea of who the people are. But you're right. I mean, there's people that get their Facebook profile photos photoshopped, right? Uh, there's, you know, with this whole new thing we call reality TV and it's anything but reality, right? Um, I think that's, I think it's an interesting point that, you know, what you have an opportunity to do is sort of bring the authenticity back to the world for politicians, for every person, for celebrities. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. And, and I think that by, by doing that, I, I have no idea what the outcome is, but as a watcher or as a participant in that kind of content, I feel I feel very excited because it gives me a new sets of feeling like drama, anticipation, uncertainty, unpredictability, which are stuff that I couldn't get uh, in other mediums. And I think that this is where this thing is very, it's huge. Not Meerkat, not Periscope. The, the notion of one-to-many synchronous consumption when it's when it's all of the sudden because it's synchronous it's no longer consumption it's participation and you get this we call it spontaneous togetherness you get this moment when you get feelings that you didn't get before um one of the things that you know one of the things that to look at that's kind of every time i think about it it blows my mind is that uh photos and videos and text Photos are here for 120 years. Videos, uh, you know, in analogically, also also photos analogic, uh, 80 years, even 90 years, even more. Um, text been forever. Uh, all of them did. Um, all of them did uh, a, a transition to the virtual world, but they never were affected because of the digital world. They were, in some senses, yes. But the core content was not affected because of the virtual world. They migrated to the virtual world, but the virtual world never did something meaningfully back. Like because of cost of distribution got low and because, uh, you know, we are thinking globally, uh, yes, the content was a little bit different, but it, I, I've yet to see in a content, like it just now, that a content could materially change just because it's virtual. Because it's not me shooting a YouTube video or me shooting a film and then posting it later. It's me sh doing something and, you know, 10,000 people are here and they get, like, what happened when you dissolve the line between the watchers and the broadcasters and they get to participate in that. Then the content is completely changing and then... This is why what I feel I'm very excited about this this medium because yeah. it's it's one of the it, it it's it's the first steps toward changing the content materially from the bottom up. It sounds like maybe to summarize that you feel like we're in the early sort of stages of what's possible with this new type of a platform and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens which sounds very exciting to me. R wrap it up a little bit for us and tell us kind of over the past Two months, all this growth, this huge thing that you guys just, you know, sort of with the first experiment, you know, the first of the five or six that you were talking about running, a huge hit. What's the biggest one or two lessons that you've learned through that experience? There were lots of ups and downs and all sorts of things. What's your kind of big takeaway that you would give as someone else as a piece of advice? I think that simple wins. That's what I, I think that simple message win. I think the simple product wins. I think that in a world that 
everything offers everything and every, to everyone all the time. To do one thing well really cuts the noise and 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 able to and 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 puts you in a place that you at least feel meaningful, even if it's like just early stage for you. You 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 mean something for someone because they don't need to go and set up a lot of things. They don't need to think over things. They just press something and something magical happened for them, and that's the message for them that's the you know because the mis- uh, the medium is the message and i'm not the first one to say there was it's it's something that is long known and 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 if 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 the message is being simple then 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 it all of a sudden becomes simple and everybody can do that i love it simple wins final question is i'm curious about where the name came from what's a meerkat so a meerkat is one of the most social animals in the world um, actually, uh, uh, um, the, it lives in the Kalahari Desert in Botswana, uh, and um, Surikata is the name, is the r- real name. Um, like it's what it's like the uh, official science name. Uh, but Meerkat, uh, it's like Timon from Timon and Pumbaa from the Lion King. Huh? Um, so the thing about Meerkat, uh, Uri, my co-founder, th- thought that when we were thinking about all the experiments, he was like, I think that we should have one experiment with this kind of animal because it's a cute animal. Nobody used it before. And the thing is that it, it goes around with large groups of meerkats and it hides in those little uh, holes. And when something happened, they all pop their head and look around. So the brand is not taking itself too seriously when it's saying, like, every time something's going to happen, we're going to pop our head and look around. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. I love it. Sounds awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Growth Show, produced by Dave Gerhardt. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you left us a review in iTunes. And you can chat about all the recent episodes, share feedback, give us ideas for future guests uh, at a discussion group we have set up at inbound.org growth. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Growth Show, uh, produced by Dave Gave. <clears throat> Rubin? <laughs> you can do it with anyone's name. <laughs> like Ben Rubin. Mike Smith, Mike Smythe? <laughs>